we are going to be teaching tonight or hearing about growing up. Amen. Growing up, adding to my faith. So we must add to our faith. And let's go to 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 4 through 11. And I have it here in the Christian Standard Bible. And so uh, let's, let's begin. Amen. It says, by these, he has given us very great and precious promises, so that through them you may share in the divine nature, escaping the corruption that is in the world because of evil desire. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with goodness, goodness with knowledge, knowledge with self-control, self-control with endurance, endurance with godliness, godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being useless or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. The person who lacks these things is blind and short-sighted and has forgotten the cleansing from his past sins. Therefore, brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. Because if you do these things, you will what? Never stumble. If we do these things, if we add to our faith, if we supplement our faith, we are never going to stumble. Verse 11, for in this way, entry into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ will be richly provided for you. Amen. I'm so thankful for his word. He is always wanting to give us more. God is always wanting to give us more because God is a God of abundance. Amen? He is a God of abundance. He is never short. He never lacks anything good. Every good and perfect gift comes from God from the Father of lights, and in him there is no variableness. There is no movement. God is always the same yesterday, today, and forever, and so he gives us good things. He wants to give us good things, and what he wants for us tonight is for us to continue to grow. He's always giving us more. We can't exhaust everything there is to know about God. We cannot. And there is so much to still find out about God. I mean, his goodness, his gentleness, his kindness, his patience, his uh, love for us, his compassion, everything. There's just more, more to receive from him, more knowledge, more wisdom, more of his word, more of his fear. And so what we're learning here tonight is that we need to continue to grow in him. Um, that we need to supplement our faith because having faith is not enough. We need to walk by faith like it has been the theme for this, this year. Um, and we, we will continue to walk by faith, but now that we're walking by faith, let's add to our faith. Let's supplement to our faith. We can't stay in Acts 2.38 forever. Amen? Acts 2.38 is the foundation Acts 2.38 is the new birth experience. When I repent of my sins, I am baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of my sins. And when I receive the gift of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, then I have just made the step to enter into the kingdom of God. It's just a new birth, literally, new birth. You're a brand new baby in Christ. It's just the entry point. You are not done. You are just beginning. You just took your first breath. You just cried, and God said, I'm your daddy. <laughs> and he instills his fear in us, okay? When babies are born into this world, that baby comes out crying and screaming, and the moment they hear daddy's voice, that baby calms down. 
it still because the fear of their father has stilled them. Not fear as in I'm scared of my dad. Is that I'm in this big, huge world that is scary. I was safe in the confines of my mother's womb in darkness, right? In the water. But now that I've come out, I am born. I am breathing new life. I am screaming. And there's just so much space, so much liberty that I don't know what to do with myself. I don't know where to go. I I don't know who's going to provide for me. I don't know anything. So the natural inclination of a baby is to do what? Cry. It's the first thing that that baby does. And I remember when our children were all born, especially Eliezer, it was like, you know, he was our first one. So, you know, Lewis went over, pastor went over to him and um, just said, hey, buddy, daddy's right here. And the moment he started speaking, Eliezer quieted down immediately, immediately. He opened his eyes and started looking up like who just spoke? Who just spoke to me? Because that voice, I recognize that voice. That voice has been speaking to me since I was in the womb. And now that voice is the one that's bringing peace. Amen? And I know we're not in our notes quite yet, but he instills his fear. Amen? He instills his fear in us, and that fear is the beginning of knowledge and wisdom. And so that's part of what we receive, what we add on to our faith. That baby immediately is born right into faith, right? And says, well, I trust now that the voice of the father has been imprinted in that child, that fear, he understands, he or she understands, I can trust. I can trust my father that I'm going to be okay and is able to quiet down. So we are going to add to our faith today. We're listening to the voice of our Heavenly Father. Amen. We are not just staying at the birth level, but now we are moving. We are adding to that foundation, and we are moving into, um, into supplementing our faith. Amen. Peter lets us know right into our notes um, that we have been given very great and precious promises in Christ Jesus. It is in these promises that we are able to partake of his divine nature. We are, we have been born again of, of water and of the spirit. And so now that we have been born of the water and of the spirit, we are taking on his nature, his DNA. And there are promises that come with that divine nature. We are called to live a life that is holy and that is pleasing unto God. And we see that in Romans 12, 1 and 2. Amen. My reasonable service, right? I'm not going to be conformed to this world, but I'm going to be transformed by the renewing of my mind that I may know what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God, my heavenly Father. And I'm also called to daily crucify this flesh that I'm living in. And we find that in Galatians chapter 2, verses 20 and 21, by living in the Spirit. I can no longer live in the flesh, but this life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So I'm... I'm living by his faith. What did Jesus do? That's what I need to do. I need to make sure that I continue to grow so that I can mature and get to the same stature that Jesus attained to because Jesus didn't stay a baby forever, right? Jesus was born as a baby. He came to us as a baby, and that was important. He didn't skip any step. And so we need to make sure that we're also growing and that we're maturing in our faith in Jesus Christ and that we attain to who he is. Amen. Hallelujah. Continuing our notes here. Peter reminds us of the importance of taking hold of our Lord Jesus Christ's divine nature because we can do absolutely nothing without him. And that is foundational. I can do nothing without Jesus. We have been born 
into this kingdom, into God's kingdom. And because I've been born into his kingdom, I am new to this. I don't have it together. I don't know it all. He is the one who created this kingdom. So therefore, I need to get my instructions from my heavenly father and how to live properly according to his will and his purpose for my life because it's his kingdom. So it's not what I want to do what I want to say, what I want to accomplish, because that old person has died. My will has died. That's why I have to crucify it daily. I die daily because naturally I'm going to want to do my will today. But every morning I have to die to my will and I have to say, this is your kingdom, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You already have this all planned out, Jesus. You already know what you want to do for this day. It's not my day. It's your day. This is the day that you have made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. So show me, Lord, what is it that I need to do for you in your kingdom today? Let me partake of your divine nature. It's your kingdom. John 15, four through six. I mean, we can't do anything without Jesus. We really can't. We can't even take a breath without him because it's his spirit that is in us. It's his breath that, that is in our lungs. Amen? So we can't, we can't walk. We can't talk. We can't think without him. He's the one who created us. John 15, 4 through 6. Remain in me and I in you. Just as a branch is unable to produce fruit by itself unless it remains on the vine, neither can you unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him produces much fruit because you can do nothing without me. If anyone does not remain in me, he is thrown aside like a branch and he withers. They gather them throw them into a fire, and they are burned. We can do nothing without God. We may think we can, but when we take life into our own hands and we are self-operated, we are bound to misuse and abuse this body he manufactured and formed in his image and likeness. And Jesus give us, gives us a little disclaimer. Can you see it now? Like, you know, a product that has been put out by, um, by a maker. Best results when used by a creator. That's, that's the disclaimer that God puts out there. Best results when used by a creator. I mean, when you're operating certain machinery, you better know how to operate it. You better have read that manual and look at, you know, look at it up and down. Um, not so long ago, um, a few months ago, we had to get a new Instapot. It's not an Instapot, actually. It's a pressure cooker. It's not the, the brand Instapot because the one I had, I practically used it every single day and it gave up the ghost. It croaked on me. It said, you've used me too much. <laughs> I don't know. It just stopped working. It stopped uh, pressurizing. Um, it wouldn't. It just wouldn't do it. And I wasn't going to use that and it explode on me. No, thank you. Um, so I went to Walmart and tried to find another one just like it because it was Pioneer Woman. And I love Pioneer Woman and it matched my kitchen. But I couldn't find it. They didn't have any pioneer woman um instapot so i am here looking online and they had this one they had a couple they had a regular instapot boring color you know why would you want a boring color instapot anyway that's just me um when you can have a colorful one something that will match your kitchen or look cute and and then they had this other one and um I think it's called Pressure IQ, something like that, something fancy. And I look at the prices and I look at the quality and the one that, you know, it, it, that is uh, fancy, the IQ, whatever IQ one, you can operate it with your phone. You could be here. You could be at the store and you can set it to cook and, you know, pressurize. You can do all these cool things with it. And I'm looking at the price and I'm looking at the Instapot one. 
and the techie one cost more, but it was cheaper than the Instapot. It's no brainer for me. Duh, I, I'm going to get it, you know? So that's what I did. I went and got it, and I don't even know. That's why I'm going with this. I'm sorry. I had to thought, think about, like, where am I going with this? <laughs> so it's when you know when you're getting old. You can't remember stuff. I'm sorry. Um, but anyway, I'm buying this thing, and it comes with this huge pamphlet, you know, instructions upon instructions upon instructions, and how to operate this thing. And you've got to make sure that this is sealed properly, and you've got to make sure that that valve is facing a certain way, and da 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 da, da you know, and it weighs your food, and, and right there inside, all of this crazy stuff. And it's taking me forever to go through the manual. I'm like, I just want to have homemade habichuelas. I just want to have some beans. I just want to be able to have some good beans to have with my rice, you know? And, and um, anyway, I had to go through the process. Had I just decided I'm going to skip all of that and just do it my own way, what do you think is going to happen? Beans all over my kitchen counters. Beans uh, everywhere. Um, God forbid, you know, even worse, somebody getting hurt, some sort of explosion. We've got to make sure that we're following the manufacturer's instructions, right? Without God, we can do absolutely nothing. And our manual is the Bible is the word of God. How do you know what to do day in and day out if we are not getting in the word of God? We won't be able to know. We won't be able to know what is acceptable, what is good, and what is perfect. We will just do what we think is right. We will do what we think is best. But that's not good because the Bible says that that did happen to the, is, to the Israelites in the book of Judges. They did that which was right in their own eyes. And that, that messed them up big time. They were following after gods and after idols and different things and their flesh, their, their heart's desires. And we should not be following our heart's desires. We need to be following the word of God. The heart is desperately wicked. Who can know it? It's deceitful. One minute it tells us one thing and the next is telling us another thing. We need to make sure that we're being guided by the Holy Ghost and by his word. And the Holy Ghost is never going to contradict his word. Amen. Amen. So best results when used by creator. We need to make sure that we are in an abiding relationship with God. So when we are in an abiding relationship with God, we can grow up in Christ and grow properly. And that's Ephesians 4, 16. What is the opposite of remaining and abiding in Christ? What is the opposite of remaining and abiding in Christ? Suicide, yeah. Yeah, seriously. You're, you're on the road to death, literally, perishing. Amen. You're, you're not remaining in God. You're not abiding in God. You're, you're self-destructing. You're doing your own thing. Um, so there is no life outside of Jesus Christ. The Bible says that we need to remain in him. A branch... A branch can't do anything by itself. It gets its nourishment from the tree, from the vine. And guess what? You don't see that. You don't see that nourishment typically. You don't see the growth right away. It happens little by little. It happens on the inside. And while it's happening, it's growing then it manifests on the outside and you see the branch grow and you see leaves grow out of that branch and then eventually you'll see a bud flower and then give fruit but it takes time it takes abiding it takes abiding and if that branch were to get cut off 
it may look like it has life, but it's not going to live for very long, is it? It's going to wither. It's going to shrivel up. So we can do nothing without God. We have to make sure that we stay connected to Jesus Christ. He is our life source. Verse 6 says it's very expensive. It's self-explanatory. If we do not remain connected to the vine, we are removed from the vine and we wither. So then the next question is, what does withering look like? What does withering look like? Huh? Crispy? Well, yes. I mean, we just got out. We're, we're getting out. I can't believe it's 50-something degrees outside in December, and I'm waiting for snow to come. Um, I know a bishop is, too. Um, but we just came out of fall. I mean, we're not technically in winter yet. Um. <laughs> Sister trying to say, bless Jesus. Amen. <laughs> Enjoy it while you can, right? But we just had our fall, our autumn season, withering, right? Things start falling off. The leaves get crunchy, crispy. But what happens when something withers? What happens when a plant withers? It dies? It what? It's a slow death. It dries up. Sister Trine? Slow death. It's a slow death. So it's not something that happens right away. A withering doesn't happen right away. Again, when you cut a branch off, it still has some life in it. And you can possibly, you can, you can graft it back in. You would have to cut the the vine. You would have to cut the tree and make, you'd have to make an incision And you would also have to cut that branch that would just cut and make sure it's open to be able to receive so it can be grafted back into the vine. But if it's not grafted in, it's a slow death. It still has some sign of life. The the leaves are still green. It's still strong. It might have some fruit in it, but then it starts withering. The natural process, what is it? It starts becoming limp, right? Limp. It starts uh, maybe uh, not able to stand that very well, becomes sickly. And then after that, it starts withering, things start falling off, the leaves start falling off, the fruit starts falling off, and then it withers. When something withers, it, it starts closing in on itself. It starts looking inward and not outward. It's now withering. It's closing in. So you start thinking about you. Let's, let's think about us, right? Us not being connected to the vine, to Jesus Christ. If we're not connected to the vine, instead of looking outward, what does God want me to do today? It's more like I need to do some self-care, but it never goes beyond self-care. It's always care about me, care about me, care about me, care about me. Because you're dying. And you're trying to figure out how to stay alive. But there's no life flowing in you. And the only way you can do self-care, it's not really self-care, is God care. Stay connected to the vine. Stay connected to the vine. So... If you're not connected, you start looking inward. You start shriveling up until you're closed in on yourself. You've completely detached from the body. You've completely detached from the other branches, the, other vi- the, the rest of the vine, and you're by yourself. We cannot be by ourselves. We were created to be with other people. We were created to be in community. We were created to be in the body of Christ. It's, it's referenced so many times in the word of God. We are members. 
of the body of Christ. He is the head. He is the one who directs. He's the one who tells us what to do. But we are the body. And so we have to make sure that we stay connected to one another, that we stay connected to family, that we stay connected to, to our church family. Because we have something to offer one another that we can't do on our own. My finger cannot provide anything on its own. The moment it's cut off, that's it. There's no life in my finger. So I have to make sure that I'm connected to the body. I cannot afford to wither and die. Stay connected. Amen. Let's stay connected. We must do everything within our power to remain connected to the vine, our Lord Jesus Christ. As we experience the new birth, as we just talked about at the beginning, we must add to our faith. It's not enough to just believe in the Acts 2.38 salvation message. I must build upon the foundation every single day. I must be diligent because I am building up the house of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 says, What? In the King James. Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? We are the temple of Jesus Christ. We are literally the temple. He resides in us. When he filled you with the gift of the Holy Ghost, he said, I am now abiding in you. We are no longer our own. We are no longer our own. We have been bought with a price, and therefore we have to glorify God in our bodies and in our spirits, which are his. So we have to make sure that we're building on Acts 2.38, that we don't stay there. Does it mean that we don't ever refresh? No, we do need to refresh. We need to make sure that we are staying grounded, that that foundation remains there, and that we're continuing to build upon that foundation. But at some point, the walls have to go up. At some point, the windows have to be installed. The doors have to be installed. The, the ceiling has to be installed. Otherwise, it's just foundation. And we're exposed to the elements. And there's no house. God wants us to be fully built up in him. Not just stay there with just a foundation. Amen? 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 11 through 13. For no one can lay any foundation other than what has been laid down. That foundation is Jesus Christ. If anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, or stubble, in the King James, right? Each one's work will become obvious. It's going to be made known for the day will disclose it because it will be revealed by fire. The fire will test the quality of each one's work. And the thing is, is that we're constantly building. We may not realize it, but every single day that we live, we are building on the foundation of Jesus Christ. And we're either building the right things or we're building the wrong things. And then a test is going to come. A test is going to come to see if what you've built on Jesus Christ, on your foundation, is strong enough to withhold the test. A trial, a tribulation is going to come and it's going to hit hard. And we've got to make sure that we're building the right things on Jesus Christ, on our foundation, which is Jesus Christ. The Bible says it. It will become obvious because it will be tried by fire. And not everything that goes through the fire survives. And God purifies in the fire. Whatever does survive, he purifies. Gold is purified in the fire. Silver is purified in the fire. Precious stones are purified in the fire. They're cut in the fire 
by fire, by pressure. And we've got to be able to withstand the pressure that is going to come. Because living for Christ is not a walk in the park. He blesses us. He gives us joy. He gives us peace through the storm. He doesn't always remove us from the storm. He allows us to go through it because a lot of the times he uses that to be the purifying effect. Are you truly built up in me? Are you truly established in me? Do you truly want to live for me? I've got so much to give you, but I have to make sure I can trust you, that you're building on the right things. Because I am the temple of the Holy Ghost, I must build only the things that will last upon the foundation. And the foundation we are building upon is Jesus Christ. If I build the wrong things, they will be burned up. We just said that. And I don't want any part of my life to be a waste. And I've, I've messed up. I've messed up and I'm still messing up. I don't want to. I don't think we're intentionally trying to make mistakes, amen? But I've made mistakes, and I was building on the wrong things. And the Lord tried it by fire, and they did not withstand. And so I had to go through that test all over again. I had to build again upon that foundation, upon Jesus Christ, all over again to make sure that I was building the right things, the things that would actually stand. So I don't want any part of my life to be a waste and end up in the fire because I chose to build up the wrong things in my life. We must do it God's way. Second Peter 1.5 says that we must make every effort to supplement our faith. I love it. I love it how it says it in the Christian Standard Bible. I must add. The, the, the King James says, add to my faith. But in the, in the Christian Standard Bible says, I need to supplement. And when you look up the phrase, make every effort to supplement, or in the King James, give all diligence, in Greek, it means to contribute besides to something or adding on your part. So you've already been given something, but now you have to put your part into it too. To give all diligence to interest oneself most earnestly. What does that mean? We must be diligent about adding to our faith. The Bible says that we're not living by just our faith. We're living by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That's my foundation, Jesus Christ. So I'm living by his faith, but now I have to do everything I can to be diligent to add to my faith. The sacrifice that Jesus made on Calvary was a lot. He was beaten. He was flogged. He was spit upon. He was slapped. He was put a, a, a crown of thorns upon his head. He was actually stripped of every piece of clothing. We see these pictures of Jesus hanging on the cross with a little loincloth type thing. I don't believe that. It was a shame. He was despised and he was rejected. They were yelling at him, screaming at him, crucify him. And he did absolutely nothing wrong. He was attacked every single way. He was pierced on his side. And he did everything he could to stay in that cross, and he conquered. He stayed there. He could have, he could have removed himself, but he said, not so. So if he gave his very life for me, then I, I, who have been bought by his blood, who've been, I've been purchased, literally. My salvation was 
purchased. I was a slave to sin, but now I'm made free through the blood of Jesus Christ. The least that I can do is to give all diligence. Put everything I can, make every effort with every fiber of my being to live this life for Jesus Christ. Not for what I want to do, but what Jesus wants to do in me and through me. Because I wasn't just here to just wash dishes every day, to cook every day, to go to work every day. I was here to testify of Jesus Christ. To live and to give life to others. To tell them about Jesus. So I need to add. I need to add to what has already been given to me. So we must be diligent about adding to our faith. So what is the first thing you think about when you hear the word supplement? Vitamins? Supplement, right? What is another, what, what else can you think about when you hear the word supplement? To eat of the word, right. You're supplementing, you're eating, you're partaking of the word. Amen. To supplement. It's a necessity. Amen. You're, you're adding, right? You're supplementing. And you're right, I'm thinking about vitamins. <laughs> Brother Jorge over there has already heard this, so he's getting a double shot. <laughs> when I think about supplement, I think about vitamins, okay? The best way to nourish ourselves is by eating the right foods that are naturally rich in vitamins and minerals. And I know this is not going to be a famous thing, you know, oh, you know, that was so good. Eat, eat well. I can take a vitamin, right? I could. I can supplement my diet with a vitamin, but that would be taking a shortcut, right? Think about it. What is the difference between a vitamin and a, and a natural food? With a vitamin, you can skip the labor of cutting vegetables and peeling fruit, and you can skip the washing of the ingredients and all the work that goes with cooking and preparing that food. But you don't get to savor the flavor. You don't get to savor the flavor. But does it give you the same benefits as if you were eating an actual fruit or vegetable? No, not really. Naturally derived foods have fiber, antioxidants, vitamins, minerals, good fats, and things that will make each part of your body function better than a little dry pill, which has none of the water to keep you hydrated like natural foods do. Vitamin, uh, uh, mean vegetables and fruit naturally have water in them. And when you partake of it, you're actually hydrating your body. But you're not just hydrating your body. Those natural foods have minerals. They have vitamins. And when you combine foods together, it becomes like a superfood because they work together. The vitamins and the minerals that each component of your meal, of that vegetable or that fruit that you put together actually builds up. And it's nourishing every single part. It's nourishing your mind, your, you know, literally your brain, your body physically, your nerves, your tissue, everything. Your heart, your lungs, your eyes, your ears, everything. Everything is being nourished. That little pill is a supplement. And it's not bad. It's not bad to add a vitamin but you can't just eat a vitamin. You can't just eat whatever you feel like eating and then take a vitamin and say, oh, there you go. 
You can't just eat junk food, junk food, junk food, junk food, junk food, and then take a vitamin and say, I did my job. I'm all better now. You can't do that. You're going to die <laughs> because you're taking a shortcut. And so it's not going to really help you in the long run. It's not going to nourish you. Shortcuts may be nice, but they're not always the best route. And if I am being diligent, as the word says that I need to be, is a shortcut really saying to God that I am diligent about building on the foundation of the sacrifice that he made for me at Calvary? I can't just read one verse a day, read, you know, a devotional a day, and think that's enough for me for today. That's a shortcut. It's not bad. It's good. You're getting substance, but it's not enough. You understand? Now, if God wants you just to read that for the day, and you're digging into the word because of that scripture, you're looking it up, you're digging, okay, what is this, this scripture saying to me? What is it feeding to me? Like you're literally breaking down the word. You're, you're digesting it completely, and you're saying, okay, Lord, this is what this verse is saying. This is what I think you're telling me through that through that verse and you're writing it down and you're praying about it that that's not you're not taking a shortcut then you're nourishing yourself but you can't just stay there you understand the vitamin is good but you've gotta eat the whole book you gotta eat the whole book You've got to make sure that you're digging into the word of God. You've got to make sure that you're praying. You've got to make sure that you're, that you're talking to God, that you're sitting in his presence and he's speaking back to you. And how does he do that? How is God speaking back to me? How is he communicating back to me when you read the word? Because the word, the Bible, that is his written word for you. His words are right there. And so when you read the word, that's listening to the word. You're not just reading it to read it. You're saying, no, I'm reading this right now. Lord, what are you saying to me through your word? You're literally dwelling on the word. That's him speaking to you. And when you write it down, what you believe that God is speaking to you, when a word sticks out to you, a phrase sticks out to you, and you write it down, and you, and you search it out, that's God speaking to you through the word. If you're in a, you know, you, this is the remain in me and I in you. That's the abiding part. Because if I'm just talking during prayer, that's a one-sided relationship. And I, and I men, made mention of this on uh, last Thursday. It's like, you know, uh, a teenage fling, like a little, you know, 13, 14, 15-year-old. Oh, yeah, my crush. And she's telling everybody that's my boyfriend. And the guy's like, what you talking about? I don't even know you. <laughs> what? No, and, and she's going around saying that's her boyfriend, and she's got a relationship with him. And he's like, I don't even know you. We don't talk. But if we're not careful, we can fall in that same trap as Christians. We can say we're Christian and not be in a relationship with Jesus. We can say we're Christian, but we're not speaking to him every day. We can say I'm a Christian, but I'm not reading the word every day. I'm not listening to him speak to me through his word. There's no communication back and forth. It's just my thoughts, me and my thoughts. I have to abide in him, and he has to abide in me. It has to be a mutual relationship. You know, the relationship between a husband and a wife. If, if my relationship with my husband is going to flourish, I better talk to him every single day. I need to make sure that I'm flirting with my husband. I need to make sure that he knows that I love him and that he looks good. And, and vice versa, that he... <laughs> 
<laughs> he's over there flirting too right now. You know, he's got to know that I love him, and I've got to know that he loves me. There's got to be this abiding relationship. And happy anniversary to Bishop and Sister Tryon. Whoop, whoop. Today is their anniversary. <laughs> is it today? Yes. Yes, I thought so. <laughs> so it's an abiding relationship. You don't just stay married for 43 years and not communicate. You've got to make sure you're communicating. We've got to make sure we're communicating with our Heavenly Father. Amen? Every single day. Let's continue on. Am I ta taking my salvation seriously? Am I looking for salvation or convenience? Nourishment or just a little pill? Am I really adding to my faith? Our flesh naturally wants convenience. That's what we want. We want comfort. We want the, the easiest route, but anything worth having requires work. Why not work hard at making sure you are saved for eternity? Because that's where we are going to spend the rest of our lives. This life is extremely short. We are here for a very short time, and eternity is forever. So I've got to make sure that I am doing everything I can, that I am being diligent. Amen? I'm being diligent, that I'm supplementing my faith. So if we worked as hard for our salvation as we do to pay our rent, provide food for our family, have a nice car to drive and a home to live in, we would excel in our walk with God. Do we want to excel in our relationship with Jesus, with our Lord? Then I must supplement my faith. Second Peter, let's read it one more time. Chapter 1, verses 5 through 7. For this reason, this very reason, make every effort. Right? He's already given me something. I'm going to put now all of my effort to add to supplement my faith, your faith. Make every effort to supplement your faith with goodness. Goodness with knowledge. Knowledge with self-control. Self-control with endurance. Endurance with godliness. Godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love. Vegetation carries multiple nutrients within its DNA. When paired with another vegetable or fruit, it adds more value and works together to provide a powerful combination that will bring maximum health to your body. For example, and I've been drinking this, I love it, uh, turmeric, ginger, lemon, honey. That is an amazing combination. That is an amazing combination. Again, turmeric, ginger, lemon, and honey. It provides antioxidants together. That's together if you, if you put that together. Anti-inflammatory and cancer-fighting properties. It may help reduce inflammation, support your immune system. It eases pain, reduces nausea. That's, and that's just scratching the surface of what this combination can do because it actually also helps prevent colds. Just, it does so much. And that's not just taking one little piece of root or vegetable or fruit or something or, or you know, some substance, but you're adding, you're adding all of this together. And when you do, it's explosive. It nourishes your body. Supplementing my faith produces the same effects as these superfoods but spiritually. It's amazing when you've got all of that working in you, spiritually. Think about that. I mean, we have the Holy Ghost living inside of us. We have Almighty God, the creator of the universe, living inside of you and me. And then I am not just letting his spirit live in me, but I am adding. I say, Lord, 
man, this feels really good. I am so excited you're living inside of me, but I want more. I want more of you. What is it that you have for me? Because I want everything there is to know about you, to experience about you. He is everything that you read in the scriptures, in the Old Testament, in the New Testament. is all about multiplication. It's all about abundance. And even when the apostles pray, when they start writing the books, the epistles, it's always grace and peace unto you, multiplied, that you receive an abundance, that you overflow. It's always in multiplication, in abundance, because what God has for us is in abundance. He just has so much, and he wants us to experience all of it. So let's put these super spiritual foods. Let's, Let's add that, amen? So I must be diligent in supplementing my faith with the following. Number one, goodness. And the King James says virtue. And we're going to add to this because we've eaten a lot today. But we're going to break down all of these. Goodness or virtue, and then we're adding to goodness. We're adding to virtue knowledge. Oh, the knowledge of who he is. Number three, self-control or temperance. Number four, endurance. What is endurance? Patience. Nobody wants to add patience, but we need it. If we're going to go through that fire and it's going to purify us and cleanse us and make us into a beautiful vessel of honor, not for dishonor, but a vessel of honor, then I better be patient. Amen. Then number five, add to your patience or your endurance, godliness. And then add to your godliness, brotherly affection or brotherly kindness. And add to brotherly kindness, love. Love is the sealant. It just seals it all in. Amen. What is the purpose of adding all these supplements to faith? First Peter chapter 1, verses 8 and 9, and I will read it first in the, in the Christian Standard Bible and then in the King James. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, again, is that multiplication or is that multiplication? It's multiplication. If you possess these qualities in increasing measure, because I'm doing everything I can, right, to add, to add to my faith, So he wants to give me an increasing measure. I have to make sure that I'm doing everything I can to increase, to grow. And it hurts to grow. It does. How many times do you see your your sister Marlene, your your grandson now, taking steps and he falls over, right? (laughs) Sister, try your grandbabies, you know? They fall. they, they, They hurt themselves. But they're growing, and it's a natural part of growth. You're going to stumble. They can't stay in a high chair forever. They can't stay in a car seat forever. They can't stay in a stroller forever. They have to be able to start crawling, to roll over, then start, you know, teetering, and then crawling, and then standing and running. It's a part of growth. You've got to continue to grow, and growing hurts scrapes, bruises, but that doesn't mean we give up. When my kids fell, instead of saying, oh my goodness, are you okay? It was, yay, yay, you fell. Okay, let's get back up. And they looked at me like, what's wrong with you, mom? I just fell. (laughs) But it would shock them. Instead of crying, or they would cry maybe a little bit, but they would start smiling. Oh, okay, I, I fell. That's right. You were walking, and maybe you got imbalanced a little bit, but you were walking. Good job, you fell. Now let's get back up. Good job. You tried. You tried. It wasn't perfect, but you tried. Let's get back up. Get back up. Let's grow. 
Let's keep growing. So it's the joy. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being useless or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. I don't want to be useless or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. I don't want to just have head knowledge or a little bit of knowledge. I want to have everything that God has for me. I want to know him. No, not just know about God. I want to know him. I want him to say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Because we are in an abiding relationship. I want that. I don't want to be useless or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 9, the person who lacks these things is blind and short-sighted and has forgotten the cleansing from his past sins. Now let's read it in the King James. For if these things be in you, if all of these things, these virtues are in you, these seven things, and abound, they just can't be in you, they have to reside there. It has to remain there. You have to be intentional about keeping it there. You can't just eat a piece of fruit or a carrot and say, there, I'm done. I don't have to ever eat another carrot ever again. That, would, <laughs> that makes no sense, right? I can't say, I'm going to eat today and never eat ever again in my life, and that'll Last me until I'm old and gray. That would be foolish. That would be very foolish. I just can't eat once and then not eat ever again. I am going to die real quick. So I have to make sure that they're in me and that it abides in me. That the word abides. They make you, so if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. That right there is withering. Cannot see afar off, right? You're looking inward again. But we, we don't want to be barren. We don't want to be unfruitful. If we stay here, we let the word of God, the knowledge of God in all of these things, all of these virtues abide in us, it will keep us from being useless, from being barren or unfruitful in who he is. And so we will continue these as the Lord allows um, and continue to dig in into adding to our faith because we're not staying at foundation level. We are growing up. We're adding to our faith. Amen. Any comments before we close tonight or any questions? Amen. Let's all stand. I, I feel like I've been fed a lot tonight. <laughs> I know I'm the one that's teaching, but I'm, I'm digging in myself. Um, I'm just so grateful for the word of God. You can never go wrong with putting more of God in you because we're putting his virtue in us, and I just want to see him. We sang the song, you know, um, I'll fly away. I was so excited. I can't wait. I can't wait to see Jesus. I can't wait to fly away. And it said, when I die, and I'm like, if I die. But then I'm like, no, I have to die to my flesh. <laughs> so, yes, when I die. But I'm like, if I die, though, because I may just fly today, just today. I had a, a teacher in Bible college that used to say, God is coming at noon. <laughs> Are you ready? It's noon sometime in the world, so he's coming at noon, he used to say. Brother Kelsey Griffin. Amen. Uh, Pastor. Amen. Amen. What a great word tonight. Amen. I want to add 
to my faith. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the word tonight. Thank you for speaking to us. Thank you for challenging us. Pray that you would allow us to know what we're supposed to add and know how to do it. Grow in us, Lord Jesus, and help us to grow. Pray your blessing over every one of us as we leave from this place, not from your presence. Go with us, walk with us, talk with us, and grow us as we leave from here. And help us to help others to make sure we're touching at least three others every day, Lord. To continue practicing that three around, to reach out uh, to others so we can make an impact in their lives the way you have impacted ours. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You are dismissed in Jesus' name. Once again, happy anniversary, Bishop and Sister Triah. Amen.